Sentire Media. You are listening to the Latavola Marche Radio Network. Hello and welcome, and thank you very much for downloading our little podcast. My name is Jason. Ciao, and I'm Ashley. And you have joined us this morning, or this evening, whenever you decided to listen to it, uh, uh, for our little podcast from Italy. Today is the 30th of November, a beautiful, dreary, rainy Friday. It's yes. kind of perfect. It's, it's a Seattle day, I'd say. God, you in the Seattle <laughs> Yes, it is a Seattle day, and it's uh, it's fitting. It's you know fitting day for for fall. The end of November. It's true. It's that dark. It was foggy this morning, where the the fog was clinging to the sides of the valley, sitting low. It was beautiful, and then the clouds rolled in and started raining by about eight thirty. It's just that gray sky and pissy, drizzly rain. <laughs> it's just enough that it makes doing stuff outside near impossible, but not enough that it's horrible. Like a full-on storm. Yeah. It's a good day to do a podcast and have another cup of coffee and uh, just kind of piss away a couple hours. It's been so wet this fall. I mean, when we were out of town, the... Um, Carolyn and Luke, our neighbors down the road, were saying that the road was near impassable because um, it was there was so much flooding. And it, well, it's not the flooding of the bridges from under. Like, the rivers are definitely rising, but the bridges are up so high, this is not a problem that we would be facing for the rivers to, like, breach the bridge. It's the water standing on the bridge makes it almost impassable. Like, wh- what do they, what can they do? Like... Um, I don't know. Well, they can get the water from the fields to stop draining onto the top of the bridge. That's what I was saying to someone. I was like, it's all the mud coming down. It's so heavy, bringing everything with it. It's horrible. And then, I don't know if we mentioned this last time um, on the podcast, but we went to Fano um, on the coast to take my brother to touch the Adriatic. And it was like I'd never seen before. They had um, a really hot, a problem with high water, and I guess a big rogue wave came and literally washed out the beaches, the whole Sassonia Beach. But what was weird is that it made a hill to get to what was a flat beach. So you could, the you would get out of your car, walk straight across the street, straight through the uh, little cabanas and everything, and straight to the beach, just like a little downhill, a little almost. downhill, and now. There was, like, a hill you had to damn near climb, and, I don't know, it was shocking, and, I mean, how high was that hill? It was high enough to that the beach is ruined. Like, yes. they need to, they need to really redo the beach. It washed, I don't know if it, I don't know if it, that, it washed it out or pushed all the rock and sand that's, up. That's what was confusing, exactly, because they kept saying it took it away, and I thought it looked like it pushed it all up, but I don't know how that works, but do they bring in... Uh, bulldozers, bulldozers, I guess, but that beach is ruined, and that Holy is a, if, moly. if no one goes to that beach this this summer, then that's you know a ton of money they lose. But they'll fix it, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, please, who? How could they not go to the beach? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! When August comes, that beach will be ready. Last weekend, we did our Thanksgiving uh, our Thanksgiving feast to um, for our friends and neighbors. It went really well. The turkey came out beautiful. The turkey. Okay, he, Jason talked about brining last week, and brine 
boy, it worked because he was cutting it open, carving the bird, if you will, um, table side, and it was juicing so much. He had to bring the whole cart back into the kitchen because it was like, oh my God, this is going to get all over the floor. It was so juicy. Yeah, it came out really, really well. Um, Stuffing freaking delicious. Stuff, Cornbread, sausage, it did, I love it it. It, it. it did well. What, what Pumpkin I, pie, my oh my. What what tip can I, what did I do that I could uh, pass on as a tip that something could have gone better? Oh, I think I, for the, for the uh, stuffing, I think you don't season the stuffing per, uh, correctly for when you stuff it in the bird. Because when you brine the bird, and that has a salt brine, and then you stuff the bird, part of the brine and saltiness will come out into the stuffing. And um, I just, when I made the stuffing, I, I seasoned it correctly, and it it wasn't salty, but it wasn't it didn't need any salt for it. So maybe maybe that's a tip. Is it wrong that I still poured gravy all over it? Yes, the, the Itali- actually our Italian friends and neighbors did much better this year. Yes, it's a younger demographic. It was a younger demographic, and I cut down the number of things I served with the turkey, so it wasn't overwhelming, but everyone tried cranberry. They were very... Yes. Everyone tried the the gravy over the top. Uh Uh-huh. And the pies went off fantastic. We still made... First of all, these people ate. They (laughs) ate a ton of food, and then desserts alone started with... Everyone got... a piece of tiramisu made by yours truly, the only thing I contributed, uh, a piece of pumpkin pie, a piece of pecan pie, a piece of crostata, and then the, a huge chunk of homemade dark chocolate with hazelnuts from our friends Paula and Antonio at Maki Gelateria in Fado. They made this huge chocolate bar. It was the size of a sheet pan. Yeah, it was incredible. So... People ate like five desserts. Also, it yeah, was... they and orange uh, uh-huh. mandarin chimney. Yeah, yeah, they they ate. They ate. It was it was every the final guest. Everyone started arriving at eleven thirty, uh, noon, and the final guests left at five five thirty. Yeah, five thirty. So it was a full day. It was uh-huh. a full day, but it was great. It was uh, and now the season is officially. Done. We've been going. We've been going back and forth. Actually, I've been going back and forth in my own head about whether to have guests for New Year's because Capodanno. uh, Capodanno is a big uh, thing for you know, of course, New Year's. But um, people rent out whole agriturismi and just party the whole night, whole night away. But I don't know if I'm. It's a lot of work. We like to go to bed early. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a four in the morning. I'm not a party till four in the morning kind of guy. I'm a... Woo! 10.30! Woo! 10.30! All right. All right, me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see. But coming up... We're losers! We are losers. Um, Ashley's brother is still here. He's been here for uh, the last three weeks or so. And um, we are taking him to Rome and uh, Norcia coming up. Yes, and I wanted to give a little podcast sh- podcast shout out to listener Ted Murray. Thanks for the suggestion of Ostia Antica because we are definitely going to stay there. Your picture was hysterical and uh, helped seal the deal of a great place to go with a lot of history and something a little bit different, closer to the airport. Yeah, train I- stop or two outside of Rome. Her, her um, brother has an early, early, early flight at, uh, flight in the morning. So, and I don't want to stay in the city center. No, we've done it before, and we can still go. We'll be there for a couple nights. And Ostia Antica is on the coast, which will mean we'll, my brother will have been able to see the Adriatic and Mediterranean. Plus, it is supposed to be um, 
have such incredible ruins that uh, are even more spectacular than Pompeii. So I'm quite excited to see. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> because it's more dramatic. Pompeii. And it's 15 minutes from the airport and 15 minutes from downtown. Uh, a little more than 15, but it's like two train stops. It'll be it'll be easy. It'll be great. So we'll let you know how that went. And we're also on the way home going to start up in Norcia, which is... Yes, I'm really excited about this. We have never been there before. It's right on the border. It's technically Umbria. But, but Marchegiani, Abruzzo, it's like right no. on... Yeah, it's like right on the border of Umbria and La Marche. And so, like, I think, not the closest La Marche town, but the most famous La Marche town next to that is Castelluccio, or which, very much in the vicinity. Which is famous for their little lentils, their green lentils, and their delicious and Oh, gorgeous. my gosh. And uh, But Norcia is famous... Because Norcino means butcher. Uh, like, that's a term for butcher. And so it's a very famous way to cure meat. And uh, They're just famous for their prosciutto and their salamis and their lardo. And they're famous for might. Yes, for pork. Pork, yes, pork. They are pork people. So we are excited to learn and taste and discover this beautiful place of Norcia. So I'm sure we'll have a lot to uh, chat about and vlog about after that. Um, oh, and let's talk about your bread. Ah, uh, yes. So I've begun... Um, I was given a beautiful gift. Um, yeah, yeah, no, we told them that last week. Okay. Anyway, so I started my mother, and I took um, equal parts of flour and uh, water, uh, and the flour was 50% uh, white flour and 50% whole wheat flour, and we talked about how the flowers are come from right here in this area, so really this mother is... Is born and raised. Born and raised right here. <laughs> and what I did is I, um, 50%, uh, equal parts flour and water, mix it up, put it in a bowl with a kitchen towel over the top and leave it in a cool spot three or four days. And you'll see after two to three days, this bubble start to come up to the top and start smelling acidic. Um, and a crust will start to form. I left it for another like day and a half. Um, and then I threw most of it out and added 200 grams of uh, this flour mixture, the flour, the white and the whole wheat flour, and 200 grams of water. And I do that every day at the same, uh, approximately the same time. <coughs> the, but my magic question is, when does the bread begin? Well, what we're trying to, what the book says is what we're trying to do is get a starter that is trained to rise and fall in a predictable manner so that then I can make bread out of it. So I've noticed that after I feed it in the morning, and I do it when I'm making coffee in the morning, It'll have a very sweet smell, and it won't and it it won't be bubbly. Um, and then the next morning or that evening, I'll see half. You know, when I pass it after lunch, I'll look at it. I haven't really noticed it rising all that much, but I do notice the next morning that there's activity and it smells acidic. So that's what we're looking for. And then what I'm looking for is for it to do it at the same. You know, be be regular. You go. You know, come rise go to acidic and do it every day regularly and then when you drop a little bit of it a spoonful of it in a glass of warm water it should float because there's enough co2 there's enough gas in it to have the dough float which it hasn't done yet so as long also as the weather stays consistent does that matter i don't um like in this early part i think that when you proof the bread when you when you want oh. to rise that makes a huge difference okay. but right now we're just trying to train the yeast, the okay. wild yeast that we've captured, and we're trying to cultivate it. We're trying to grow it. 
Oh, I am excited about this project. I am too. It's going good so far. It's not. It's not something that happens overnight. But no, but the, when it smells the kind of yeasty that or that sweeter smell, it smells good. Like you, you're thinking, oh, this is going to be good. Well, a couple of things I've noticed. One, it smells a little like throw up. But oh, that's not the part that smells good. Now you're going to make me sound disgusted. No, no, no. Well, um, <laughs> Just like, that it like, smells good. No, no, no. It, no, it, in the early part, it kind of smells like sourdough. It smells like sourdough. Like when a, you, yeah. The next day when you smell it, it smells... And then whatever it touches, this like... Goo, oh my God. It gets everywhere. So it's it's a... It's a like, think of a thick pancake batter. If that's what it looks like. If you need a... Stick to anything paste. You could use this. If it touches any clothing, if it touches any kitchen towel, if it touches any counter surface and dries, it's 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 cement. It's done. <laughs> so uh, it's true. It is true. You can tell when Jason has been messy. Like there's spots of it on the plastic, like the curtain hanging between the door and stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, speaking of projects, Carolyn got. Uh, our neighbor down the road, who we do a lot of gardening projects with and things, our good friend, um, she, for her birthday, was given the gift of a Serra. And what is that, Jason? Uh, Serra's a greenhouse. So it was delivered just the other day, and we've been um, setting it up. We have the skeleton built, uh, we and we're doing it together because uh, her husband, Luke, has... Hurt his arm, so and, and which is actually okay because I love doing stuff like well, that. Well, not only that, but you'd help them regardless because yeah, yeah. they'll use it. Like, of course, I'll use it. But I think if Luke wasn't in, if Luke wasn't injured, he would have had it together oh, and yeah. already finished and sure. everything moved in already. So it's it's good that it's been rainy, so we work on it. You know, four hours and then stop. But it's good. We have the skeleton built, and we will be able to start our. Um, seedlings so much earlier this year. Well, also, not only that, it's down where we we tend to have Carolyn help us start our seedlings, or she offers to, because she's um, farther down the road, which that's difference of about, man, six kilometers. And 100, 100 meters. Is, a, is 100 meters in height? Yeah, there, she's 100 meters lower. Than yeah, that. exactly. So that is a huge difference when it comes to freezing mornings in the spring and things like that when you need the weather to start warming up because we'll still have frost and she's a lot warmer and uh, it's critical for those seeds at that point for their temperature. Well, and she just doesn't, what she was doing last year, would she, she would move oh my everything God. outside during the day and then move it all back in at night. And talk about a ton of work, all those little tiny pots. Oh, yeah. And she's patient with it, too. So, I mean, it's going to be beautiful. Most difficult thing is to start healthy plants from seeds, and she is incredible at it. I don't, she babies them, Uh she sings to them. She probably doesn't. She plays the piano for them. She does. She's very good. It's not, it's not easy to start healthy plants from, from seeds. She's, she's excellent. I'm learning a lot from it. What else? What else is going on? Let's see. Last night I made risotto, and um, we were talking about risotto this morning. And um, Well, we've been putting a lot of risotto um, recipes on the blog. So there's been, like, porcini, um, and then... I made saffron. I just did a, yeah, Jason made saffron last night. I posted Sa- recently a, um, one with pumpkin risotto. So we were saying, like, what is really the secret to creating great risotto? Um, no secret at all. Very easy. One is your stock. You have to have good stock. So, like last night, I did. I had obviously chicken stock left over from Thanksgiving, so I used chicken stock in the in the uh, saffron risotto. Probably a little too strong of a taste for the saffron because saffron's so delicate. It tasted more like chicken soup. Risotto. It was good. It was delicious. <laughs> but um, 
Now, whether you're making a chicken stock or a vegetable stock or you're making seafood risotto and you're making a uh, fish stock, really, really important. Don't open the can. Do it yourself. Take your time making the stock because that is the cornerstone of the whole thing. Um, is that more important even than truly having arborio rice? Well, no, you have to have the arborio rice. Oh, okay. It's all important. <laughs> But it's the little things that matter. So risotto, really easy. A uh, little bit of onion, a uh, little bit of oil or butter, uh, your aborio rice stock, and whatever it is you want to be your, you know, your uh, addition. So, so like for argument's sake, you could do it out of pumpkin. You could so let's just use that. A pumpkin? Yeah. I just well, I just mean for conversation. Okay, so you would take your you would sweat down your um, onion and a little bit of your olive oil or butter really, really slowly without any color. Then you turn the heat up a little bit, you add your rice. I say a small handful of rice if you're serving it as a first course per person. Toast your rice a little bit. Then you're going to hit it with a little bit of white wine. Once the white wine cooks out, you're going to start ladling in your boiling stock one ladle at a time. And you constantly stir on a low heat in a figure eight motion, you know, scraping the sides, but keeping the rice moving. You don't have to stir like a madman, but... But you, you don't want anything sticking. You don't want anything to stick. Um, and you one ladleful at a time, as the rice absorbs the stock, you add another ladleful, nice and slow. Usually 18 to 20 minutes this process will take. Standing there stirring. Standing there stirring. When you get to the end, very important. This is where you make or break your risotto. Right when you think you're about two minutes away. Al dente. Al dente. You're going to add one more little bit of stock. You're going to add a little bit of cheese. You're going to give it a stir or two. And you're going to shut the heat off, close the lid, and let it sit for two minutes. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> that is the... Now, you don't stir all the way to the end. You stop it when it's a tiny bit undercooked. You add a little tiny bit more stock or cream if you're doing like a... Um, What's, uh, like the pumpkin one, I do, I do a little bit of cream instead of the stock at the end. Um, a little bit more liquid, a couple of hand, a handful or two of cheese, give it a stir, lid on, heat off, off the heat, off the stove, let it sit for give two minutes. It just makes it come together? Kind of makes it come together. It just needs that kind of minute to sit and just kind of get a little thicker. Um, I don't. The worst thing you could do is served overcooked risotto. Don't do it. If you screw it up and overcook it, make it into a pancake. It's delicious. What I love here is that the dish takes precedent from uh, whatever's going on at the table in that sense. So, like, I'm, I'm do the, I do the serving and the clearing, and I'm the waitress, and Jason's in the kitchen. So, like, if we're doing a risotto for Primo and the um, antipasti is taking much longer and people are eating quite slow and really enjoying themselves. themselves. Every once in a while, I'll have to say, I just need to let you know, the primo is risotto and I need to serve it. And um, what I love about Italians is they're like, of course, take all of this away. Bring me my risotto. I know when it is ready, it is ready. It waits for no one. And I just love that like <laughs> mentality. Not like, oh, well, just put it there and I'll get to it when I'm ready. It's like, no. It must be eaten at the height of its perfection. When the chef says it's done, yes, it's it must, ready. It must be served immediately. Mm -hmm. um, so in that case, it's a little tricky to time. Normally what I do is I err on the side of having him wait a moment than pushing food at him. But No, I know. I don't mean we're trying to like uh, hustle through the courses, yeah. but I just mean they understand the risotto but, is um, ready. Winters, winter, late, late autumn is a great time for risottos. They're a perfect hearty meal. And the next... Day you can serve, make it into a pancake in a nonstick pan, a little olive oil, and it 
with a couple of sunny side up eggs over it. Oh man, oh man. Well, because risotto is one of those weird things where it wouldn't really reheat well. Like, uh, like as, as risotto, yeah. you make risotto balls out of it, or you make the those pancake. are awesome. Too. I'd rather I like the pa- I prefer the pancake. I prefer the pancake too, but I'll never forget that one guest who was here in the summer, and you made porcini and like truffle or something. Maybe not truffle, but porcini risotto balls, and he couldn't stop going back. That the other guests were like counting how many he had had. It was so funny because those things are addictive. They are good. So try it out: a little boreal rice, a little good uh, stock, an onion. And a quarter glass or half a glass of white wine, and you're in business. You're done. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> so, all this food talk again makes me hungry again. <laughs> Today, I think we're going to go and take my brother to the, what we call the Hunter's Hideaway. Shockingly, um. What? Hold on. What is the Hunter's Hideaway? <laughs> well, it's. Down a road, up, up a road. Up a mountain. <laughs> up a mountain. It, you're not spitting this okay. out. The Hunter's Hideaway is really called Aqua Partita, which is a tiny little um, frazione, they call it, of Apecchio. It's in the hills. It's about 8 or 10 kilometers up in the hills from Apecchio. It overlooks uh, Umbria, and you would not ever, ever know this unless you lived here. Like, if you think we're in the middle of nowhere... Times two is the town to get to their place. Like, you just, it is so far up and out. There's nothing up there except maybe four or five little houses. No signs. No signs and one restaurant. And it's, we call it the Hunter's Hideaway because that, all there is there is hunters. Um, and burly, like, Italian guys. Yeah, men come in their camo from hunting. There is no menu. Uh, you sit down, there's usually three pastas, it'll usually be a, boar, a pasta with boar sauce, a pasta with deer sauce, and usually um, a mushroom. Um, the, yeah. The types of pastas change from paparadelle to tagliatelle to, to um, the, the mezzaluna, the half moon, mm-hmm. like uh, ravioli things, and uh, the secundo, the second dish, never changes. It's mixed <laughs> grill or tagliata, uh, steak with um, the grana and uh, balsamic and uh, arugula over it. It is good. The grilled meat, though, is freaking the amazing. The grilled meat or the or the steak with the grana. But your favorite part? Is the freaking potatoes. They <laughs> make these fried potatoes that they fry in pork fat or strutto. That's the best part of the whole meal. Um you just get like happy. I love these potatoes. I don't know. They're del- they're absolutely delicious. So I'll skip the pasta today and um, and go straight for the grilled mixed grill. I gotta go potatoes. for pasta. I love it. I always love it. We took my grandpa there, and he's an old Oki uh, cowboy, and we lost him in the restaurant. Like. Well, we didn't lose him, but he went to go to the bathroom or something, and it took so long for him to come back, so I went to go look for him, and there he is, sitting by the fireplace with some old Italian hunter. Both of them are talking, almost at the, back, you know, back and forth. Neither speaks the other's language, but they are deep in the moment, feeling it. And it was just like these two old, crusty hunters from years past, and... You know, they had the same language just in their uh, kind of feeling, and uh, it was it, it was great. But what was amazing is this restaurant. We had some guests here from New York recently, and she kept saying, oh, there's a restaurant in Apecchio that I really want to go to. They're supposed to have great truffles and just to be a really good restaurant. And she kept calling it this other name. And I had no idea what she was talking about. And I said, "Yeah, you should go and tell me where it is because I don't, I, ha- I don't know where this is or what you're, you know, anything about this restaurant." And then it started dawning on me: 
I think she's talking about the freaking Hunter's Hideaway. And sure enough, it was. It's and got a real name? It's got, I think it's the name of the the person. Oh, because anyone you talk to just says, oh yeah, the restaurant in Aqua Partita. They just call it Aqua Partita. They call it Aqua Partita because there's absolutely nothing else And up now there. I can't think of his name. It's like Gabriele or something, Michaela, <laughs> whatever. But um, anyway, I just couldn't believe that some article had been written and she had researched and had heard about this place online. I thought, well... I don't know how they're getting their word out, but the hunters sure know. Yeah, and so. it's a huge place. I'm sure that we've never been there in the summertime. But if anyone's interested um, on exactly where it is, maybe you should. Maybe we'll do a blog post about it. Yeah, I'll bring my camera. Bring your camera. We'll take pictures and do a blog post because it is one of those things that you're right. You, you have to be. Uh, it makes you feel like a local person if you yes. went up there and found this. Yes. Place. <laughs> All right. Anything else? What's the plan for today? Lunch and. Um, I don't know. Maybe some laundry. I'm, laundry. It's pouring out. I know. This is the trials and tribulations of countryside living with no dryer in the winter. Oh, yeah. If you like, if you like crunchy socks. (laughs) And, 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 uh, hard, stiff white tees. And stiff white (laughs) t-shirts, then drying your clothes in the cold is for you. Or... Smelling like the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, or you could, or you could put it by the fire, and you smell like campfire everywhere you go. It's your, your choice. It's festive. <laughs> it's festive. Ode de la. No one really, Camino. no one really does the dryers here. They. It's too expensive. It's the dry- That is one luxury we don't have. Clothes dryers are really expensive. Energy is really expensive, and no one does it. People just hang their stuff in the other room by the fire. Well, at least we're not to the point where the. Clothes are freezing on the line. No, they're not freezing yet. It's not cold out. It's just rainy and crappy. Mm-hmm. But uh, today I will be going to the hardware store. I'm by building you a light box. Ooh la la. So I'm going to go get some PVC and we're going to build a box that Ashley can then hang. It's actually just a skeleton that then she'll hang um, different fabrics over and uh, put lights around to diffuse the light to take pictures. All right. Stepping up the photography. Yes, yes. And we'll also look about building you building some other lighting for um uh like I want to build lighting for when if we do video. Yes, I was going to say stay tuned. Some exciting stuff happening this winter. Big projects, big projects. We will see. Yes. Yeah, so, um that's I think we're going to keep it short today. We'll keep it a shorty. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Thank you very much for listening. You want to take it home? All right, you can find us, friend us on Facebook um, for La Tabla Marque. Uh, you can find us online also on our website, our blog, our Twitter, and it's all spelled by L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E, La Tabla Marque. If you have any questions or comments or want to hear about something uh, in the Marque area, Please send us a yeah, email. Yeah, if you have any great topics for the show, if you want us to go over some day trips or a certain village or food or question you have, let us know. Info at latavalamarque.com. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a comment, and it helps us move up. The- I don't even know why we... I don't it, know. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Just if enjoy you, the just show. Just enjoy the show. It doesn't matter. Have a great day. So from very wet... And rainy Piobico, Italia. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Have a great day. Ciao. Ciao. Sentire media. 
Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiti Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.